Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, everybody, and this is Jessica. Thank you for joining me for the fourth episode of Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today. I am actually sitting on the deck here, looking out over Norris Lake in Tennessee. We are on vacation with some friends of ours, and it is a beautiful day. I mean, there's literally not a cloud in the sky. Uh, It's about 82, 83 degrees, and it is just gorgeous. So I am super happy to be able to record this um, from where I am and be able to get this episode out to you guys. So today we are going to focus on, I, as you may have noticed, I don't have my um, trusty sidekick with me today, my husband, Derek Ty. He is actually out on the boat. So um, him and our um, friends are out on the boat taking some of the kids out for some tubing and some wakeboarding and stuff. So I had been out on the boat all morning long for, I don't know, five, six hours already today. And I thought I would just take a little bit of a break. So since I have some time to myself, I thought it'd be a good time to do this recording. So um, this is the first time I'm going to be flying solo here on the podcast. So I am a little bit nervous about that. And I apologize if any of you are bummed out that Derek's not here today and we're not doing the typical kind of back and forth interview format that we had been doing in the past. Um, And I'm sorry that you're just going to have to listen to me just talk for the next, I don't know how long this is going to take, 20 or 30 minutes. So, but I wanted to address a very important subject today. I have had lots of requests for different subjects to be covered on this podcast, which I really appreciate you guys doing that. Please keep them coming in. Um, It really helps me know what you want to hear about and what I need to continue to talk about and some things that um, I can do research on and get you guys some good information. That is what I'm here for. That is what I want to do. So today we are going to focus on women's hormones specifically. Um, Not to leave you guys out, but I am a woman and I understand a lot about women's hormone issues and have had a few myself. So um, I'm excited to be able to talk to you guys about it. And what I'd like to do before we kind of get into potential issues or how ketogenic diet can help um, with hormones, with women's hormone issues, I want to talk about um, some of the hormones that we're going to touch on today because there are um, so many different hormones we can talk about and I'm not going to go into all of them. But today um, we are going to talk about um, cortisol is one. We're going to talk about adrenaline, norepinephrine. Um, Those are kind of your flight or fight system of hormones, um, which I think all of us have have heard of those and, and kind of understand that. So first let's talk about cortisol. So cortisol is a steroid hormone. It is released by your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands are located on top of your kidneys. And cortisol is released as um, when we have a response to stress. So if our uh, stress is heightened, um, 
then we are going to have, we're going to release that hormone. It's kind of, it's an energy hormone for us. It gives us, um, some energy to get away from the lion or whatever our body perceives as the, um, as the threat that we need to figure out what to get away from. The second one in your flight or fight system is, um, adrenaline. So adrenaline is that, uh, that feeling that you get when your heart's racing, you're shaking, you get the faster breathing. Um, you know, you, you just, you know, when you've had an adrenaline release, like if you're driving and you nearly avoid an accident on the road and then you just, your, your heart's pumping, you're maybe shaking a little bit and you're having a hard time catching your breath and, and you just have that almost all over body weakness, that is adrenaline. That means your adrenaline's been, um, released and it's kind of, I call it the freak out hormone, but, um, I don't think that's, uh, official. (laughs) So, um, okay. And then also we have norepinephrine and norepinephrine is produced by the brain. Um, it's a lot like adrenaline and it's a hormone that keeps us responsible responsive and awake and focused. So, um, when we have, when we need those type, you know, that type of focus and and to to be awake and responsive, um, norepinephrine will be released and it shifts blood away from any non-crucial areas of our body and into our muscles where we may need it. So if, um, you know, if you have cortisol released, um, then maybe adrenaline gets released. Norepinephrine is going to quickly shift blood away, um, from other areas and put it into your muscles so you can get, you know, some, some fast, uh, movement in those muscles and some strength and some, you know, real oomph behind what you need to do. Um, so again, um, that's our three, uh, our three flight or fright flight systems that we're going to, um, that we're going to talk about for today, um, in that section or that's part of our hormones. Um, next I would like to, um, you know, let me say this about cortisol too. Um, cortisol is one that can be, we can continually release cortisol if we are upset or frustrated or, um, uh, or irritated about something, and we just keep thinking about that thing or about that issue, we can actually continually release cortisol. So um, that can, obviously, if we're continually continually releasing something like that, which we're not supposed to be, um, that can lead to chronically elevated levels in our bodies, and that causes all kinds of issues. Um, it can suppress our suppress our immune function, our um, suppress our blood pressure. It can decrease libido, cause acne, weight gain. There's all kinds of things like that, that cortisol can do. And believe it or not, it is really not that uncommon these days for someone to have chronic cortisol production. So, um, so that's something to kind of remember. I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. Um, okay, let's move on to thyroid hormones. So we're going to talk about three. One is TSH. That is your thyroid stimulating hormone. And that signals us to produce the other hormones. Um, So your thyroid's located in the front of your neck. And I'm sure that you guys have probably heard of a lot of different thyroid issues these days. It seems like it's just rampant. Thyroid problems are. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why that is. Um... Thyroid issues can be brought on by leaky gut, which we're going to talk about in another episode. I don't 
really think we have time to get into that today, but, um, and leaky gut can cause a whole cascade of different issues, but one of the autoimmune problems that it can cause is Hashimoto's, which is, um, related to your thyroid and, um, thyroid hormone production, which like I said, we'll get into it another time. Um, the next one is T4 and that is your inactive hormone, um, that's produced by the thyroid and that converts into T3, which is the third one, um, which gives us your energy that helps keep you moving. It keeps your metabolism going. Um, that makes you feel good. That's kind of your get up and go feel good. Um, hormone is your T3. Okay. So, um, and then we, so we talked about how your, um, cortisol is released by your adrenal glands and then, um, your adrenaline and norepinephrine is released by, um, uh, by your brain. So your brain releases, um, so you get signals, you get a, you get a series of signals, um, from the, from the brain and, and down to the pituitary gland and then to the adrenals. And that helps stimulate like that cascade of things happening. So another issue that we can have when we don't have good nutrition and we don't have good thyroid production can be, or, or good hormone production, I mean, is, um, because we can have sluggish adrenals, like just that aren't responding well because we're just not feeding them well, or we're chronically, uh, or we have chronic elevations of like cortisol, for instance, and that kind of just our, our adrenals just kind of quit responding the way they're supposed to. And then that can lead directly to sluggish thyroid, um, because then our thyroid is, is impacted and then it'll start, you know, kind of working slower and just not really producing, not converting the T4 to T3 like it's supposed to and things like that. So all of these things are connected. So let's talk about our sex hormones. So for women, um, today we're going to talk about four. We're going to talk about, um, progesterone and estrogen, which pretty much everybody, um, that's a woman realizes that we have progesterone and estrogen. Estrogen is the one that is referred to as the female hormone, you know, it's responsible for giving us our curves and the things that make us women. And then progesterone and estrogen, there is a ratio between the two and that ratio is super important. Um, they need to stay in this, in this perfect balance in order to keep our bodies, uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing progesterone is higher in the latter part of our cycles. Um, so in our luteal phase, and it's very necessary for becoming pregnant. So when we're fertile, progesterone is there. Um, now this is something that I had issues with that I figured out, which, you know, I had a whole cascade of, of kind of issues at the same time, um, relating to my hormones and, um, three that I specifically had, um, that were being, uh, that were being messed with actually for cortisol, um, was kind of off a little bit in me, but not chronically it, not, not anywhere near what, what it could have been or what I've seen, but my progesterone and my estrogen were very high. And that was because my estrogen was high, but my body is still functioning well enough that it was amping up the project, the production of my progesterone to try and keep that very delicate balance. So though I was noticing a few, um, things and specifically with my monthly cycle, um, 
I wasn't noticing any real severe issues because uh, my body was still managing to keep that balance, even though both were high. So I wasn't estrogen dominant, which you've probably heard people talk about being estrogen dominant before, and that can cause, you know, lots of different issues, lots of problems. Um, But when you're when your body is able to keep that progesterone up there, um, it helps to kind of keep those those issues at a minimum, at least for a while. Um, and for me, the third one that had been affected was my thyroid stimulating hormone. Because of some of the other issues going on, um, my TSH was kind of getting a little bit sluggish and bogging down a little bit, which then was not telling my body to produce um, the T4 like it should, and then the conversion of T3 wasn't as great. But again, not I wasn't hypothyroid or anything like that, but it, they were definitely sluggish um, due to some of the, the issues that I was dealing with prior um, from prior dietary things before um, myself going keto. Okay, so... Um, Let's see, where are we? Oh, okay, so the sex hormones. So the last two that we're going to talk about are testosterone and DHEA. So um, testosterone is what we all think about when we think about the male hormone. So, and it is referred to as the male hormone. And of course, men have more testosterone than women. Um, We have more estrogen that make us women and they have more testosterone that gives them hair and and, uh, deep voices and all those manly things. Um, Testosterone is also um, very much responsible for sex drive and those types of things. So And then DHEA is a precursor to sex hormones. So um, we're throwing it in as a hormone, but really it's what our body uses to build them. Um, DHEA is produced by our adrenals. And um, so our production of DHEA um, peaks in our mid-20s. And then as we continue to age, DHEA declines throughout the rest of our life. Um, so, but that is still the precursor to all of our sex hormones. That's how our body produces those. Okay. So, um, then let's talk about some, we've talked a little bit about some of these hormones before, but I'm just going to run through them really quickly. Um, these are the hormones that are associated with our, uh, with our nutrition, with, you know, eating and how we, um, process food and, and our macros and how they're stored or not stored and how we burn energy. The first one is insulin. So like we've talked about before that is referred to as your fat storage hormone and your pancreas, um, produces insulin. Um, ghrelin is, um, released by the stomach and that increases your appetite. So that's kind of your, tells you that you're, um, that you're hungry, that you need to eat. Um, glucagon we've talked about in previous episodes and that one is your fat release hormone. That's also released by your pancreas. So that is, remember glucagon and insulin cannot be present at the same time in your body. So either you have insulin is being released by the pancreas or glucagon is being released by the pancreas. It depends on which signal, um, your pancreas is getting, Um, which is signaled from your adrenals on whether or not you need to be storing the fat or whether or not you need to be releasing the fat. And then the fourth one is leptin. Um, Leptin is made by your fat cells and that decreases your appetite. So, um, so your fat cells will let out some, uh, will let out this, this leptin. And then that tells you that you don't need to eat anymore, that you're full. So some people you've heard um, said that they can be leptin resistant and that is, that's what that is. It's that they are not, um, 
they're not getting that signal that they need to stop eating. And that is typically because they're not eating the right things. And so the signal is messed up. Your body has just become resistant to hearing that signal um, because it's chronically, you're just chronically eating. Your insulin is chronically high and then your leptin signal just stops signaling you. Okay. So now that we've kind of gone through all those, okay, so why or how can keto help our hormones? Like, so why are we talking all about this about keto with keto? Well, on the standard American diet, it just causes us to eat way too many carbs and sugar. So like I said, that keeps us at chronic high blood sugar and insulin response. So, um, this just pretty much, ends up keeping us in this kind of chronic stress response by our bodies. So um, our adrenals end up telling the liver um, that we need to have a response here to this high, or our pancreas, that we need to have this high, this response to this high blood sugar. And then when our blood sugar is spiking and it's high, as usually we do, then it will end up taking this huge, just dive to the floor. Then we get low blood sugar. Then, um, glucagon, then our, that causes a stress response that releases cortisol from the adrenals. Then the, then the adrenals signal, they're signaling that stress response with the cortisol. And then that tells glucagon, they are communicating then to the pancreas, then glucagon is released to be able to bring our blood sugar back to where it should be because it thinks that we're having, you know, this crisis because our blood sugar just tanked. So, um, Okay, so the glucagon is called upon um, by the liver to release this, um, to release the glycogen or glucose stores. So what if we don't have any glycogen or glucose stores? Well, then it will convert any stored uh, glycerol that's in your fat cells into glucose to help raise your blood sugar back up. So I know I've heard people say, well, you have to eat carbohydrates and you have to have, you know, whatever, because you don't want your blood sugar to get too low. If you don't eat carbohydrates, your blood sugar will get too low and then you're going to pass out. And you're, the only reason that would happen is if you're always so chronically high on insulin or you take such a super high uh, or, or super fast fall in your blood sugar that the, that the glucagon just cannot be signaled quick enough or that your signals are slow and sluggish. Like we talked about with the adrenals, they have to communicate this. And if they're sluggish and your glucagon isn't called upon quickly enough, then you can feel like you're, I mean, you could pass out. You could, your blood sugar could get low enough that it could cause an issue. Um, but you do not have to have glycogen stores or glucose in your body in order to be able to, um, for glucagon to, to get your blood sugar back up because it will use what's stored in your fat cells to raise your blood sugar back, which is part of, of ketosis. That's what we love about it because you don't have all these extra glycogen stores. You don't have all this extra glucose. And so when you need it, your liver makes that for you and glucagon will release that sugar so that it can. And that's, that's amazing. That's what we want. We want it to be able to do that. So, um, just by talking about that, you can see why eating low carb, low sugar will help you, um, to, to avoid the stress response, because if you're not constantly spiking your blood sugar and you're not having this constant release of cortisol and you're, you know, you're 
not constantly calling on your pancreas to release insulin to bring everything back down, then you're just not going to get that stress level. Um, and you're not going to wear your adrenals out. Um, a lot of doctors will, you know, they even say adrenal fatigue. They don't, they don't really know if that's a real thing. It's a pretty, you know, it's a newer term, but, um, just by talking about this process, of course you can fatigue your adrenals. I mean, they, it's just like any other thing in your body. If you call upon it over and over and over and over again, or chronically, like in this type of a situation, they most certainly are going to get fatigued. Okay. So let's move to DHEA. So DHEA is present when we're not producing cortisol. So remember that DHEA is a precursor to creating the sex hormones. So if we're producing cortisol and DHEA is only present when we aren't, then we're not going to have the necessary precursor to create our sex hormones. So eating a chronically high glucose, um, you know, sugar and carb diet that you're constantly raising your blood glucose, that is going to be very detrimental to your sex hormones because you can't have the DHEA, the DHEA present that we need to build those sex hormones. So our diet is just such a big deal when it comes to health and hormone production. You know, our bodies aren't working against us. Like we have to remember that some people get so frustrated and, you know, they'll just be like, man, I, I can't believe, you know, this is so frustrating. My, my body's doing this or, you know, darn it. My adrenals are, you know, breaking on me or my thyroid or, you know, I'm just such a mess. But your body is working really, really hard to keep you alive and keep you as healthy as it can. And to our bodies, our diet and nutrition, nutrition issues, they're very, very serious to our bodies because it knows how much we need the good nutrition and it knows how important our diets are. So at the expense of pretty much any other system in our body, like hormones, it is going to do everything it can to keep us alive with what we're giving it. So if, if hormones have to be sacrificed and we're not going to make the right sex hormones, or we're not going to make, um, you know, the right amount of, um, thyroid stimulating hormone, then that's fine as far as our body's concerned, because we're still going to be alive and that's its job. Um, so when it has to continually try to try to use what it has to come up with um, these building blocks that it needs, then that's what leads us into these states of disease. You know, this is it's disease. It's it's disease in our bodies. It's where our bodies just the systems are broken. They can't do what they're supposed to do, and it's and it's just doing what it feels like is necessary. So, um. So anyway, um, let's see. So what would be the next thing that we need to talk about in regards to that? I mean, I think we pretty much have kind of talked about all the hormones and how they all work together. And um, I think I probably kept that somewhere in about the 20-minute range. I didn't want to keep you guys um, too long talking about this. But um, another, I, I want to talk a little bit about about kind of the dietary issues that a lot of women go through and why this um, creates all these issues for us. As women, a lot of women that I know, myself included, our whole lives have been this up and down roller coaster um, through the years as we age, maybe before and after babies and all these types of things of gaining and losing, gaining and losing. And then, so most women are going through like this diet and weight cycle their whole lives. And we're just never really finding 
like our homeostasis, like our set point where our body wants to be and just giving it the fuel it needs and not worrying about all these diets and all these things. So over the years, we just, all of the stress that we put on our bodies has created this cascade of hormone issues and deficiencies, um, like some of the ones that we've just talked about, you can see, and, and that is a very broad overview that I just gave you. It's, um, the very basic, I, you know, there, we didn't get a lot into, um, many, many aspects of these different hormones and how they really all work together, but they are so intricately connected and there are so, it is such a magnificent system, our body and how everything is just made to work perfectly together and in sync. So, um, you know, when you, when you have insulin resistance or you have, you know, you're intolerant to carbs, the sooner you can get that under control and get your carb intake down, the better you're going to be, the the better you're going to feel, especially as a woman, because you are going to be able to stop this cascade of issues and let your body and your hormones, you know, your adrenals, your thyroid, get everything back to where it needs to be, because it will work hard to do that. Um, one, I, I want to give you another, I heard, um, I, I read an article actually, um, and I wanted to give you another, um, kind of a little thing to think about. Um, I think a lot of women don't actually know it's been so long since we've had like a normal or, um, or a good period, or we're just not even sure what normal or good is. So I wanted to give you this little bit of information that I read in this article. And to be honest, um, prior to figuring all this stuff out just several months ago myself, I didn't understand what a normal or good period should be anymore. So the average female's period should be about three days. You should have no excessive clotting, um, not excessive bleeding, and very little PMS, if any at all. So the giant mood swings you're having and the cramping and the bloating and the excessive clots or excessive bleeding that you, that you're having five, six, seven days, I've heard even longer of bleeding. That's not normal. And I think a lot of us have settled for that being normal because it feels like it's the average now. That's like, the way it seems like it is for everybody. So we just think, oh, okay, well, that's how everybody else is. is so that's going to be normal, but that's actually not normal. And it's really not okay. And if our, if our periods are like that, that's an indication or the opposite direction. I mean, I've heard of some women that because of the things that they're eating, and I, I don't want to pick on um, specifically vegans or vegetarians, but I just, I have been both and I have been both for long periods of time, years. And I know what it did to my cycle when I was doing that and how, you know, I had some issues. So, um, I know that oftentimes, uh, those populations can actually lose their menses. I mean, completely go away. And oftentimes they think that's great. Like this is super cause I don't have to deal with it now, but that's an indication that you, something's not right. As women, until we hit menopause, we should be menstruating and it should be about three days and it should not be harsh. And that is just the way it should be. So if you're on either end of that spectrum, then that tells you that your hormones are not where they should be. 
Um, they're just not. If they're optimal, you're going to have a good balance and, and that's going to keep your period every month at about the same uh, length of time and about the same intensity. And again, very little to no PMS. You should not be able to predict when your period's coming based on your bloating or tender breasts or your um, getting frustrated with everybody, or you're getting super tired. I mean, I know for me, that was every month. I knew within a couple of days when mine was coming without looking at a calendar, without counting the days, because I would have all of those symptoms. And now I have no idea when it's coming. Like I don't pay attention. I don't count the days. I have no clue. I get no more breast tenderness. I don't have any of those symptoms leading up or during my period. It has absolutely been amazing and revolutionary. And what got me back on track? The keto diet, 100%, because I that is the only thing that I've been doing to change anything. And taking out all of those excess carbs has completely changed my body and the way that it is handling everything, right down to my hormone production, to my adrenals, to my thyroid. It's amazing. So, um, you know, when you're when your, um, your liver is what helps keep the balance of your hormones specifically. I mean, that is a major job of your liver. So if you're not feeding it all this crap and it's not constantly having to convert all this extra sugar into triglycerides, which it then has to store in your adipose tissue on your body, if it's not constantly doing that and it's not getting all congested and, and just, you know, just being overworked essentially, then it is able to keep you at a healthier balance. It's able to keep your hormones balanced and keep you feeling better and you won't have all of these issues. So I really hope that that helps you. Um, you know, I, I want to touch real quick on one more thing, your adrenals. So we talked a little bit about your adrenal, your adrenal glands and how, um, you know, how they're making your sex hormones and how, um, how they work in conjunction with your, um, thyroid and they also work in conjunction with your pancreas and all of these, all of these, um, systems, they all talk to each other. Um, but it's super, super important to protect your adrenals because when you, when a woman does go through menopause and, and we no longer have, um, production through our, um, through like our, um, ovaries for these, for some of these sex hormones, our adrenals will take over the complete production of them, like estrogen, for instance. Um, so we need to watch our stress levels and I'm not just talking about nutritional stress. That is a huge one. I mean, right now I would say nutritional stress has got to be at the top of the mark because our diets are so horrific. Um, compared to what they were meant to be, especially if we are following the standard American diet. But that stress, the stress from just traffic, the stress um, that we put on ourselves every day to get everything done and the the go, go, go and the move, move, move all the time. Um, you know, our parasympathetic nervous systems are just broken. I mean, they just can't cope with anything anymore because we, I mean, we don't even, when we eat, not only are we not even eating the right things, but we're just not even slowing down to chew our food enough just to even give ourselves time to, to realize what we're doing and digest the food properly. And so it, there's, it can go so deep. Ketones are also super anti-inflammatory for our body and inflammation precedes pretty much any 
disease or any issue in our body, including hormone issues. So um, when we're you know, when we're overstressed and we have these chronic levels of cortisol and, and our adrenals are stressed and we have all this stuff going on and we have inflammation in our bodies. I mean, we just do. That's, that's how our bodies deal with stress and with all of these chronic things happening. So ketones, not only does taking the carbs away, you know, it's like, what should I not eat? Well, don't eat the carbs or excess carbs anyway, keep those low. But then in addition, what should you eat is things that help your body produce ketones are huge for going the opposite, not creating the inflammation, but actually bringing an anti-inflammatory, um, property to your diet. So that's super, super important. So, um, that's pretty much all we're going to talk about for today with hormones. I hope that I didn't super confuse you. I hope I didn't jump around too much. I tried, um, I tried to write some notes and tried to stick to those, um, points so that I wouldn't jump too far all over the place because I really do love talking about hormones. I love, um, how it all works together and educating people on that. And, um, I tried to keep it, um, not too, not getting too much into the weeds on this. There's so much more I'd like to talk about, but I think that that's probably all we should cover for today. I think I'm already probably at like 35 minutes or so on this podcast. So I don't want to keep going on this. Um, but we will talk about some more things that, that also, um, affect your hormones like cholesterol, which are super, super important for women to have, um, to support our hormone production. I mean, cholesterol is absolutely essential for women and it has been so demonized in our culture for the last 50 years that, it is um, also very negatively affecting women specifically and our hormone production. Um, so as we just talked about, our hormone production, when we affect that, it just creates a terrible cascade of things for women specifically. So um, so we will talk about that a little bit. I'm definitely going to do a podcast on cholesterol um, and not just on women, but for everyone, but um I, I do think it is vitally important specifically for women and there's a lot of misinformation about cholesterol and women. Okay, so you might be thinking at this point, all right, great, I've got all this information on hormone health and eating and why keto's good and so how do you figure out where you're at? How do you figure out what your hormone health currently is? Well, there's three ways that you can get your hormone test done. There is a serum test or a blood test, and that is probably the most widely used um, just because uh, that is where if you would go to a typical endocrinologist, that's how they would test you. Um, unfortunately, blood tests can be incomplete. You're not going to get the whole picture. Um, and I don't think it's the best way to, to look at the picture of your hormones. Um, you can also do a saliva test, which that is a little bit, um, that's become more popular in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, really as kind of the, um, uh, naturopathic doctors and functional medicine doctors and that type of stuff have come onto the scene. The saliva test is getting more and more popular and that's a pretty good test. Um, but my favorite would be the Dutch test and that is a dried urine test. Um, that is the best. That is what I recently did. It gives you a, a really complete panel 
um, of all kinds of things. It's amazing. But that stands for the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So they're going to take a look at your thyroid production, your cortisol, um, they're going to look at um, androgen and estrogen metabolites. So those are your sex hormones we talked about. They're going to look at your basic hormones. They're going to look at your free cortisol pattern. Um, it's amazing. So hope that helps that you can take a look at those tests. Just keep in mind, if you try to get um, the Dutch test, which is the one I would recommend that you go for, and you are going to a traditional doctor, they probably will not understand, they probably won't know what that test is, and um, they will not be able to interpret your results on that test. So you really need to look for a functional medicine doctor to do those. So, um, okay, I think that's it. I don't have a tip for you today. Um, just because I'm this, this one's gone pretty long and I'm on vacation. I probably need to wrap this up and, and get back to some sitting by the pool, which that could be my tip for the day. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that my tip today is get some sun. Um, your body needs it. You need it to be able to create vitamin D. So get out there. That's another hormone that is vitally important is, um, vitamin D. So get out there and get some sun so your body can produce that. And it is essential for us women. It's essential for our bones. It's essential for our skin, our hair, our nails. Um, and so, yeah, we need it. So get out there and get yourself some sun and, um, you know, I'm not afraid of it. I, if you want to wear a little bit of sunblock, go ahead. But, um, you know, I think everybody just needs some unprotected, uncovered, a few minutes of sun every day um, so that you can get the proper synthesis of the vitamin D. Okay, so that's all I've got for you guys today. Thanks for hanging in there with me um, solo. I sure did miss having Derek on this episode. I do have some exciting guests coming up for you guys. I'm getting those all lined up. So in the next few weeks, we will start having some interviews with some experts in, the, in some different health and nutrition areas so that you can hear directly from them. So thank you guys so much for listening today. And I hope you have a great week. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. This episode of Keto Lifestyle was brought to you by Mobile Mutations. Mobile Mutations is an app development, software development company based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, that is able to evolve your ideas to the next level. Whether you're a small business or a large corporation looking to get app ideas or put together a new portfolio for your online presence, please visit the website at mobilemutations.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 